Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the World's Greatest Podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, man. We are back. Episode 203. We are climbing up the episode rankings and climbing up the goals the Premier League was this weekend. Lads, the Sunday, more often than not, is better than the Saturday. And we were treated this weekend by more games on the Sunday, I believe, was it? This week? Because it was a Super Um, Sunday. It was. It was the first Super Sunday in a while. They should, they should use that for Sky, I think. Would you want to do the two should, games yeah. on Sky? They, they, should, they should call it Super Sunday. Uh, do you know what else they should do? Put right Newcastle on a Saturday night game. Yeah, yeah, agreed. They've not done that in ages. Just an idea. Ooh, the cars are out already. On next week, Newcastle at five. Yeah, and it was, and it was week nice. week after Newcastle 8 o'clock. <laughs> anyway, carry on. It was nice this weekend to have a bit of less VAR chats done and enjoy the football, but there was yeah. VAR controversy. Sorry, controversy. It's anyway, man. In the in the Man City versus Chelsea game at the bridge. Ah, uh, not really. The we can, we can't put this game down as VAR no. controversy. No, no, there wasn't. No, no, it was it was a mistake. I don't, I don't think there was any VAR controversy. There was the first goal. Well, yeah. Derm- Dermot Gallagher said that they fouled each other, so he thinks the penalty was the right decision. But who uh, fouled so who first? Well, it doesn't matter if you foul each other, or how can it be one way or the other? It's because if someone fouls someone first, should that have not have been the free well, kick? Harlan, fou- Harlan right. fouls him first, and then Cucurella fouls him second. Oh, there you go then, so it should have been a chance. Yeah, it's, 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 not, it's, not it's not a penalty. It's a soft penalty. It's something that VAR doesn't really... It's, it's not, it's not, it won't change anything if VAR was not. And then he got out of it with the clear and obvious. Well, the, the worst thing about it was forgetting the decision or anything. It's the fact that the replay they showed VAR was just Cucurella pulling out. And, and, and they didn't pull it back three seconds. And they're probably thankful that it didn't end by that scoreline. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's just get on to the game. The game was too good for us to talk about that VAR. Well, I, th- I thought we could we talk was, about it. Just, I agree we can. It's a soft penalty, but I mean, yeah. so much stuff happened. Yeah, so much stuff did happen, and we'll mo- we will move on. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking when it happened and the penalty was given, I was like, not again, not another. And Anthony Taylor, I don't know how he was in charge of this game, having been demoted the week before. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, we can talk about that. that yeah. yeah, that is funny how Anthony Taylor does a bad job, gets demoted, does an even worse job in his demotion in the in the championship in the Preston game. And then his reward for that is, oh yeah, you get the biggest game of the weekend. <laughs> yeah. And then I think he managed a Champions League game on a Wednesday or Tuesday as well, so... It's it, not. It's not. I think it just shows how little refs there are, doesn't it? Probably like the fact that they just they can't punish him because, yeah, like, like who else do they have? Yeah. Is, it wasn't just not. the biggest game of the weekend. It was. It was. It was the biggest game of the weekend, including a team that he's got such a an abhorrent record against in Chelsea to the point where Chelsea have actually raised it to PGMOL that they don't want him to ref their big games anymore, uh, and they've put him straight back on. And we don't want to make it about VAR, but the first decision of the game was one that went against Chelsea. That was six or one half a dozen of the other, but I thought I thought it was a great game. Um, penalties for both sides. Uh, it was blood, sweat, and tears. Multiple yellow cards. Um, eight goals. A lot of Go- fun. Yeah, two four in the first half, four in the second. It was two Desmonds. Double Desmond. Yeah, it was it wow. was it was brilliant. I thought um, if you had a bet on this game, you'd have won a lot of money. Well, yeah, nah, you wouldn't excited about it unless anyway. unless you had a kanji to get booked, uh, and he didn't get oh, booked. Reece James, uh, you know, yeah, I had my Brexit James booking. Up. Palmer and Sterling. Yeah, it's a good double. It was a good double, and it worked. Um, I mean, Palmer and Sterling, cut you've set it up perfectly. They, they both scored against Chelsea uh, against City. Uh, former City players, they probably um, both have as well against Chelsea. They probably both <laughs> have. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you feel about the performances? Excellent. Rose to the occasion against their former team. I don't think Sterling. Has scored past City for Chelsea uh, since he left. So amazing that he's just come on leaps and bounds this year. 
compared to last season. He looks a completely different player. And Cole Palmer's basically said to Pochettino, give me the reins and I'll do the business for you. And he's looked amazing so far. And it's hard not to get carried away with his performances. But you can, like I said the other week on the pod, you can just see Pep all over him. And he, he is just a Pep player. Like There's times in that Spurs game where we were panicking. And obviously we do the pod on a Monday, so I've not had a chance to speak about this. But that high line... There was times where we were just being immature, going over the high line. He was just putting his foot on the ball, starting again, saying "calm down, be patient." Like that is Pep all over. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if you knew this, gents. He's actually started learning Spanish as well to get to know uh, the squad better because a lot of speak Spanish and Pochettino's backroom staff. So he's doing all the right things on and off the pitch. And yeah, hopefully it continues because our levels slowly but surely getting up there. And like but, I said earlier, let us cook. Well, I was going to say to you, cook. I mean. The thing what I've noticed with Chelsea is um, is that you've done really well in the big games and you've not done well at all in the games that you should be winning. I mean, is is there a reason for that? Yeah, I think it's... And I say the word immaturity, going back to the Tottenham game, I do think that is the immaturity of our squad. And it says, I think it's 11 goals in four games against the big six and I, th- I believe eight against the rest of the league, which is just not good enough. And it just says that on paper, when you do fall into that low block, you've got more chance of beating Chelsea an example of that Nottingham Forest West Ham even go down to 10 men and end up beating us falling into that low block and Moyes is just a nightmare defensively because he's so good and sometimes it's easy to play with the the, um, reins off in it yeah 100% and I I thought Jim we'll we'll move into you now I thought City players that are ever so consistent yesterday I know Kyle Walker against Sterling I I dread playing against Kyle Walker every time we do play against him because he is world class and I, I genuinely think he's the best right back in Premier League history not even close um, but he, he had a bit of a torrid time against Sterling yesterday Vardy all had a bit of a torrid time playing out there mistake for the second goal but Jim positives for City to take obviously because Rodri scoring that late goal I was thinking he's done it again Rodri has scored another massive goal yeah. for these um, but yeah what did you take from that game I didn't think City played well enough to win away at Chelsea um, but like you say when Rodri had that the, the goal going he was, he, was, he was lazy defending from a very experienced defender as well lazy it was something life. you wouldn't expect to be able to do but it's just something that Championship winning sides do when I, I mean one of the first things I know Stan you said he was jammy straight away when he went in which he was but the one of the first things I thought with you saying as the United fan thinking I grew up with United doing that <laughs> but what watching games and where big teams would come up against United and like it could be Chelsea for example that's probably a good example and you think oh Chelsea been better here they should really win and then United get one at the end and you think how the fuck have they done that and it's <laughs> probably that was what you were thinking when Robbie did it um, as a United fan watching that and I thought. City have got a good win there. I, I was thinking in the last 10 minutes, whoever wins this, it's a good win. It's going to be an hard loss. So, yeah, a draw probably right. Um, I think I think three of the... At least three of the City goals were mistakes by us in fairness when you do look at it. Yeah. So, it's not something that's... The City will probably... The, I think Rodri after the game himself was saying he was upset with... Not upset, but disappointed with the performance because conceding four is not something City do. Um and when you look at yeah, Guardiola gets his feet tangled for the, the Sterling goal. Bit of a mad challenge from uh, Ruben Diaz on Broya in the last minute. I mean, I know it was slippy, it was, the rain was coming down, but yeah, a bit silly to go. I didn't think he had his go best to game, the to be honest with um, you. That, he, For the Jackson goal, he, he you know where he slides in? I don't think it's been, well, the Jackson goal, I don't think he, I think it was just a really bad save. Something I think he Ooh. tries to push it round. It's a horrible area to put it he back. He tries to push area. it round, which I looked easy enough to do, because I tried, we looked at it back and I thought, if there was loads of swerving it, but there wasn't really. And, um, yeah, I just didn't got that one wrong. So, three mistakes got in City's way. So, I, I don't think... I, I had no complaints. I thought Chelsea played well. Um, and I thought a draw was probably a fair result, really, because both teams had 
really big chances. Cole Palmer had a big chance to put you ahead when he, you ran through the team. Sanchez made a really good save he on did. Harland. Doak had a good chance when he came inside again. I think that was a save. It wasn't as good as a chance, but yeah, a really good game in Chelsea. It's been well worth entertainment over the past <laughs> week, haven't they, between this and the Spurs game. And the Spurs game was entertaining for different reasons rather than goals and stuff, but yeah, fair play to them because they've got another three big games. I think we looked at the fixture list before yeah. these. Newcastle away next. Two. I think they've got Arsenal and then they've got Liverpool or United. Uh, Man United. Newcastle away, uh, then Man United away, and then. Yeah, else, so yeah. as long as them big games are entertaining, keep them on the telly because yeah, I'm not well, enjoying it. Well, I, yeah, if I'm a Chelsea, if I'm a Chelsea fan, I'd be happy that I was playing that run of games because it's against the Bournemouths, Brentford's, Forest, like you've said that you struggled against. So. 100%. Um, yeah, no, I, I was. Yeah, it was a great game to watch. I was um, going to ask you as a, as a neutral, what what did you like I was about not that game? Really a neutral. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, yeah, well, not as a neutral, but as someone who's like at this point in the season, it's not the end of the world. No, if one of these teams win this. No, it, it, it was a great. Mean? It was a great game. I thought Chelsea would have been really unfortunate to lose it. I think the level the levels that we expect of City, I thought they would have been fortunate to win it. Okay. Um, so I do agree that the draw was was the fair result, and I mean, what more can you ask for than you know a penalty each and eight goals and a load of yeah. cards and drama? So yeah, great great game to watch. Yeah, and then just last thing on Chelsea that I'd like to say, I think like what you said in the WhatsApp prior to us recording. In the big games, we, we opened the season against Liverpool. I thought we were the better side that day. We drew 0-0. The Arsenal game, we completely threw away. I thought that should have yeah. been three points. I thought we were the better team that day. I don't think we were necessarily the better team, but we went toe-to-toe with the best team in the world by far. And Like I said, slowly but surely, the squad's coming back together and Kunku's back for the Newcastle yeah. game when we get back. And then, yeah, like I said, everyone's coming in. Lavia as well, so it'll just add more, more depth to the squad and hopefully iron sharpens iron because players that someone like Gallagher stand, for example... Uh, definitely thought he was going to go uh, surplus to requirements especially when Lavia came in and he's been Chelsea's player of the season in my opinion yeah he, he was really good yesterday I mean he was one of the standouts for me um, yeah played played really really well and I think I think squads need him he, he played a couple of different roles yesterday he was a bit further up and then I think was it Enzo came off he dropped a bit further back and I thought he was just as good in both positions and I think against a, a midfield like City it's harsh to, to you know difficult to ask you to play at all never mind uh, almost opposite roles in front of the back four and then behind the striker and I, I thought he did he did both really well and I think you know you need those types of players in your squad that are you know not only willing to play different positions but have come through the ranks and understand what it is to play for that particular club uh, and you know you were willing to sell him in the summer didn't end up leaving and now you know he's, he's in that midfield with 200 million worth of, of you know uh, signings and quality in, in Enzo and Caicedo and he didn't look like he was the odd one out True, and then Jim, just last thing on City going forward, it's not an overreaction this, is it, that people people are saying that it's going to be a lot closer than it thinks, because I personally think you are still, by country mile, the best team in the country, a lot better than Arsenal in my opinion, but do you think the title race will be a lot closer with a lot more teams, or do you think that when City go through the gears, usually around probably February, March, April, they'll just carry on and win it at a canter? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's really close to the minute, and it going into the break, it looks really set up. But we, I feel like this happens every season. I feel like we go into these international breaks, and it's like, oh, we've got a four-horse race, and come Christmas, there's only one team that's challenging City. But yeah, these ne- these next few months will be the the testers. Um, December's usually big, in it? Because there's, the games come thick and fast between the new over the new year and Christmas period. Definitely. It's, a, it's a space where City do well. City tend to, like you say, find the group at some point. Around then, around then, around January. Um, but yeah, I look at the other teams, and I don't know if any of them are half as good as Arsenal were last year, just yet. So, quick one, Liverpool maybe. 
I think Liverpool are put, for me, if you were to say the number one contenders were for City, I'd say it was Liverpool at the minute, definitely, just because the goals they've got. And I think the consistency they put out this year is quite good. Um, but I still don't think they're like an Arsenal last year. I think we forget how good Arsenal were all season. And yeah, they ended up didn't win it. But too early for that title talk yet. Um, you can't win it yet, can you, Stan? But you can lose it. That's what I would say. Yes, definitely. I don't think Burnley have a chance. No, Burnley, Sheffield, and Luton. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, wait, I'm, I'm gonna say it in my chest. They're not gonna win the title. Oh, that's a big call. It's a big call, man. You may come back to bite me. Championship next season, maybe. You might win that, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. We're gonna have a game, nice and early into the podcast this time because we've 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 all got one each. So uh, you know, get ready to enjoy yourselves. It's gonna be a, a great pod this one. We spoil Go, these. But we're spoiling them going into the uh, international break because there won't be one next week. And yeah. international breaks are crap. And we're getting in the festive cheer. Festive cheer, of course. Festive baits are out. Yes, they yeah. are. Get get down to your local Greg's. Legends. Um. So yeah, career path game. Um, five different players. Uh, three. Three beats two. Uh, three, three two could be the result. Could be four one. Could be five nil. Are we going to get a clean sweep? Could we be nil nil. Last week? Could be nil nil. I might have to tell you all the answers. Um, <laughs> be a great listen for the listeners. So, just as just as going. Um, <laughs> did he go for Bayern? Uh. As and obviously as I am a nostalgia merchant, they are all inactive. Yes. Um, mainly because I was trying to find active players, and I thought there's a. There's always a chance that one of you are going to have watched that league or seen them linked with someone, but I think inactive, they're kind of gone, aren't they? So off the radar. Off the radar, exactly. And in our hearts. Yes, forever. So the first player. Are you ready, both of you? Oh, yeah, mate. Okay. So the first player. Barry. Gareth, well, it's Gareth Barry. Yeah, You should have said the name of this. That's Gareth Barry, the first one. Well done, Aston, Aston Villa. All right, just <laughs> Right. Bari. Yeah. B-A-R-I. Ah. Yeah. Roma. Real Madrid. Sampdoria loan. Sampdoria. Milan. Inter. Parma. Sampdoria. Hellas Verona. Is it Luca Toni? It isn't. I was going to say, Real Madrid, <laughs> Bayern Munich. We're back there again. What? <laughs> <laughs> played... <laughs> Right, I, know, I know I'm frozen up, but I'll ask for the... Okay, well, I'll say them again for the listeners and for Mr. Cook. Bari, Roma, Real Madrid, Sampdoria loan, Sampdoria. <coughs> Emerson? No. Fuck. No. So have you got any thoughts, just to get the listeners thinking, nationalities? I, I kind of knew it wasn't Luke Tony, but then you said that's from Roma, but yeah. Yeah, no respect. Yeah, any nationalities going through your head? Yeah, well, Italian. Logic, yeah, <laughs> logic says Italian. Logic is correct. I'll give you that one just oh. to keep it moving. So it is Italian. Okay. Any uh, eras in your occur, head? Occur. Oh. Yeah, are inactive. Uh, oh, is it Cannavaro? It no, isn't. No, no, we didn't play for both of them. Close. You didn't for play for either. I don't. You, you played, played, played for Real. And you, Juve. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. It's one that I definitely Okay, so he's he is Italian. Um, can we have an era or ish era decade can. or within a 20 year span you can can you say I'll, I'll get you when he started I just at Barry think, yeah I can't think of many Italians that played for fucking Real. oh he was born in Barry as well hometown oh, that's club cute. that's cute Barry or Barry because Barry's in Wales that's different <laughs> Barry Island <laughs> uh, yeah, the Welsh no the, 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 
1999 to 2017. So oh, it's whilst we've all been alive and watching football. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I should get it with Hellas Verona. Probably not from Hellas Verona more than anything. Uh, you might not, because he didn't play a league game. Oh, did not? No, and he was out for one year. Oh, right. So I wouldn't focus on Hellas. <laughs> Just because that sounds about right when the Tony was there. Never just happy, Rossi, is it? It isn't. No, United on though. Oh, yeah, sure. I ain't never so. <laughs> so. This is hard, this stuff. Um, when was he at Milan clubs? He ha- When was he at the Milan clubs? Is that the big one? 11, 12, and 12, 13. So back to back seasons, one for each. And here's a little hint for one you. One for each. His short temper and disputes with managers led to the birth of a nickname, which I can't tell you because it has his name in it. The word is now regularly used by Italian sports journalists as a euphemism for any behaviour incompatible with team spirit. My head is completely blank, lad. Um, I'm going to tell you what the nickname is, and then it's up to you to tell me. Yeah, this, no, is, this is so poor call it a nil-nil. Yeah, okay, well, I'll call it a nil-nil, but I'll say the nickname, and then you can tell me who the player is. I'm going to get pissed off at So the nickname uh, is a Casanata. Oh, Cassano. Antonio Cassano. Yeah. Was he in Madrid? There you go, he went to Real yeah, Madrid. That's how highly he was rated. Do you know, do you know what I was going to say? Alberto Giladino. Giladino, yeah, yeah, yeah. Antonio Cassano. We've got our first nil nil. I can only picture Cassano at Milan. That's yeah, he played, yeah, he played for maybe, for yeah, him. maybe. I can't picture. I him can't picture anywhere else. I can't see him. Do I got that looking at uh, FIFA twelve players? Because I thought I'll go back. No, no. And he, he had, like, an, he had like an eighty-eight rating. Oh, great Conte's Italian team. Oh, I love it. When Conte had that underdog Italian team, because mm. I was up from. Yeah, him and bloody Bartali. What's he called? Jacarini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jacarini wing back. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that was poor. Okay, nil nil. We are on nil nil. So I was going to say run our way to our five. Yeah, we're nearly there. Okay, so next one. This is another inactive player. And as you know, I'll always put the Chelsea uh, and City players and United in there because oh. this is who we all represent. Yeah. This one could be any, any of the three, but it is one of the three. Four. So, they are inactive. We'll find out when it is. Brondby. Bayer Erdogan. Oh, Bayern Munich. But you should get this. Fiorentina. <laughs> Milan. Lone. Rangers. Chelsea. Copenhagen. Ajax. Uh, this is this is this is going a little bit further back. A than bit, bit slower this one. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Okay, so we started at Brondby, went to Bayer Erdogan, yeah, Bayern Munich, Fiorentina, AC Milan on loan, Rangers, Chelsea, Copenhagen, and Ajax. All right, I've got a guess. Go on. But it's a fifty-fifty. Okay. <laughs> Is it Brian Loud? It is Brian Loud. Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> very Brian good. Michael. Brian or Michael? Tor Andre Flo. Tor Andre Flo, yeah. Oh, I was just well. thinking, Danish. if I say yeah. this wrong, he's going to fucking what, say what, it. What got you that? What gave that away? I feel like I remember him at like Rangers, Chelsea, Ajax. Well, in, in, in the end of yeah, his career. I think I knew it pr- like pretty Did Bromby soon. give you his nationality? Or did you not think of that? Because they are Danish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. That's why I referred to Although he was born in Austria, which I found out before. So it's 1 0 to Jim, but. Where, where else, Jim? Milan, yeah. Yeah. AC on loan. Bayern Munich for Fiorentina, which I, I don't know. But I thought it was Munich funny, cut that I had a Bayern Munich and Chelsea, considering yeah. your it's kind habit of, habits from last week. Kind of cute. Well, forever. <laughs> okay. Next player. Fuck. Inactive, of course. FC St. Pauli. German. St. Pauli. Yeah, German league. Werder Bremen. 
the way the Bundesliga crumbles. No, what a show. Werder Bremen. Not twice, just St. Pauli, Werder Bremen. Yeah. Nantes. Allegedly. Maybe. <laughs> Bolton. <laughs> Mainz. Is that it? That's it. Do uh, them again? Yeah, yeah go on, just quick. FC, FC St. Pauli. Werder Bremen. Nantes. Bolton. Mainz. Um, I'll focus on Bolton because I, I don't. Oh, I understand. Don't I, don't, I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think you'll know them from anywhere I'm else. I'm just thinking of like that classic Bolton team, but yeah, I had someone in my head. I immediately had to swat it away because I didn't hear a, a specific club. Can I say the name and it not count? Of course, a throwback, Lewis Holt. Yeah. And it's not. Oh, a, yeah. it's definitely not Fulham, like Spurs, Spurs right? and Fulham. Wolfsburg. No, Hamburg. Bol- Hamburg. Bolton. Hamburg, no, no. Um, I'm just going to... Stuart Holden, oh. No, no, I think he plays for an English club in the end. Oh, did he? Well, go on, Jim, tell us. Well, the listeners. Try and have a guess, because nobody yeah. else is having one. Yeah, I'm going to have a guess, but I feel like he's definitely... Oh, no, actually not. Is it Jesko Leinen? It's not, no. <sighs> I think he did go to... Was he not like Hull or somebody ended up at? Somebody... Oh, was that like another Jesko Leinen? He did have a son. He played for Wigan. Oh, he might... Did he... Oh, what, yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, Yari. Okay. It's somewhere from Bolton to Wigan. St. Pauli, Werder Bremen, Nantes, Bolton, Mainz. What are you both thinking? You both had Lewis Holt yeah, being Jaskalina. I was thinking of a German-born player, and I can't think of any German-born yeah, player. But now I think he might not be German, actually. He's not German, yeah. yeah. I've got him again. I tested, this on, I tested this on somebody else, and they were saying, I can't think of a German-Bolton player. You're leading yourself down the wrong track. He's not German. <laughs> is it Stuart Holden? It's not. <laughs> no, I thought it was my other guess is, and I feel like he's played for a random Greek team, but it's Stelios Yannakopoulos. It's not Stelios, no, no, no. So, an interesting fact about this guy, since you both had another second guess, is he had to retire in 2013 due to issues with his kidneys. He had to have them transplanted due to apparently painkillers that exacerbated existing issues at Vertebrae. Jesus. But he had, when he was at Bolton, I remember him being a good player. Up front with Davies, Elmander, that kind of era Actually, in that group. But he was always in and out of the team, but I always thought when he played, I thought he should be a better team than Bolton. He's not German. Johnny's nationality? Does he give it away? It might. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say it's that. whether you know he is this nationality. Can, can we have 30 more seconds then? We'll you can have yeah. 30 more seconds. For the listeners, I'll say the, the clubs again, in case you're thinking, say the clubs again. <laughs> I'll buy them some thinking time. <laughs> FC St. Pauli, Werder Bremen, Nantes, Bolton, Mainz. And then he retired, like I say, due to uh, personal health issues at 32. I might need the nationality if Cook's not got it. I can't think of any. No. I'm going to tell you the nationalities because you can't see Cook's face, but he's struggling. I am bad. He is Croatian. Kalinic? Oh, it's so close. He is a player, so I can't take it. That's so close. I'm going to concede it to Nell now, because I, I, I know it is now, but I can't think it's Nell No, I think, I think no, I Can we give it to Cook? Oh, no, we have it in Nell Nell. No, because Kalinic has played for like, Milan and shit like that. It's, no, it's not him, but he's saying can I have another guess. Yeah, but I'm frozen. Oh, out. you can have a guess, yeah. yeah. But I'm is it Nell Nell, if if even if he gets it? Oh, if he gets it, right. No, he can have it. All right, you can have one more guess. Klasinic. I'll give you it. Ivan Klasinic. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know where he was. I got Kalinic, I can accept his role. Yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough. Ivan Klasnic. I'm trying to picture the kids. There was a player called Kalinic, so I couldn't give you it. Hey, of course. Next one. Of course. So it's still 0-1, it's 1-0 to Jim. Got Brian Lauder up early. Nice oh no, what? No, I've just one, got one, one you fucked. Sorry, I didn't know. Nice. Fucking Anthony Taylor uh, over there. I forgot, I forgot, we, I forgot we were giving it to you. Sorry. Anthony we'll Taylor fucking hosting this game. 1-1, one, one. VR said that. No. Because I got me Chelsea. Top. Next. Again, inactive. Don't have to say it anymore. No. Man City. <gasps> Jim. Hartlepool loan. <laughs> Portsmouth loan. <laughs> Sheffield United loan. Oh, jeez. Sheffield United. <gasps> what, permanent? Permanent. Oh. Tottenham Hotspur. Feels like home. Fulham. Wigan, Portsmouth, Leeds, Port Vale. Michael Brown. It is Michael Brown. How have you pulled that out? Where have you pulled that out from? Michael Brown and Brian Laudrup have been the two quickest, and what a midfield duo that would have been, by the way. I would not have got that. Brian and the boy. Michael Brown, do not. Michael Brown, yeah. He was a. Because I know that's a City player, but he didn't really play. It's that Portsmouth Wigan connection, that's when it went. He's a very dirty player, yeah. I completely forgot he played for Spurs. Yeah, but no, I remember he played for Spurs against us. Yeah. yeah, but when he was at Wigan, it was I like remember he was at Catamole. Fuck. Yeah, I remember he was at Wigan. He was number eight at Wigan. Oh, he I just used to crop honestly, everyone. I would yeah. never have got that. Them two and Jordi Gomez. Okay, Jim. And in that To play. make it 2-2 like... Um, Desmond. A Kanji did yesterday. Oh, yeah. Forgot he did it. Fuck. I'm like him as well. I know Inactive, obviously. Same Fifth and final. Ball. You didn't have to say that, though. Just to, just in case they, they forget and they go, is he inactive or active? Because they might have just fast forwarded it because the bastards. Yeah. He's inactive this one. Yeah. He's inactive, yeah. All right, he's got yeah. Mallorca. Oh. Atletico Madrid B. Atletico Madrid. Oh, he's. You know he's got heart if he's going from B to A. He has. Manchester United. Oh, I would never go from B to A. Bolton. Brescia. Two Bs. Doncaster Rovers. Two Bs or not two Bs? <laughs> two Bs are a Belgian side, by the way. I did, oh, I did, thanks for that. I did have to check not. that. I knew that. I, I didn't. <laughs> Is that it? Yes. Yeah. Mallorca, Atletico Madrid B, Atletico Madrid, Manchester United, Bolton, Brescia, 2Bs, Doncaster. So we've got another Bolton. Yeah, fucking hell. We need some Bolton fans in this podcast. They'd have cleaned up in this quiz. They really would have. United to Bolton. Oh, I can't. United <laughs> to Bolton. I know two Bolton fans. That can't happen too often, though. Bolton, United to Bolton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Atletico to United hasn't happened often either or the other way around yeah I was trying to think doesn't really happen it's not the club we've done much business with directly um, we've had a few that's played for both but rarely directly no. you know I'm going to say Stan and I'm not sure if it's right go on Eric Jemba Jemba ok it's not right that's not right I don't know why it's right but that's not right <laughs> can I get a point for that? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I ah, just said it ah, wasn't. Ah, <laughs> ah. Thank you. Ah. Um, I'm frozen. I don't even know if I've got a guess, to be fair. I'll let it go to United to Bolton. I can only think United Athletic. the fuck would that be? Oh, I know it. No, I don't. I don't. Who are you thinking? Go on, just say I it for the crowd. No, because Chris Eagles didn't start his career at Mallorca, did he? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't leave at last. He took a few hours. That's that. Hey! He played Bolton, though, didn't he? I think he did at some point. Yeah, he, played yeah. for, he played for fucking everyone. I think of anyone else. He played for United and Bolton. Burnley. He definitely played for Burnley. Burnley. Wiggy. Do you not play for Wiggy? Maybe. Maybe. Okay, so. Jason Kumas. Cook, you were a lot warmer. Wow. With where you were going. Okay. He's not Spanish. Uh, occur. Eric Jemba Jemba. Occur. 
you're, you're, you're warm, shall we say. <gasps> Cleberson. No. Oh no. You've you've gone you've gone the wrong way. I, I like what you were thinking. I know they, were there, they were there at a similar time. <laughs> yeah. We signed this guy a few years before, but Jemba Jemba. Okay. Just remember that. That's a hint. Remember Jemba Jemba. Remember Jemba Jemba. Remember the fallen. We will remember them. You're warmer with Jemba Jemba than you are with Cleberson or Chris Eagles, definitely. I didn't say Eagles. I'll have a think while I'm defrosted. Right. Um, Jim, have you got any guesses at all? I'm going to let Cook... Has he had a go? I'm, I'm going to let Cook... I've not got anything. He's not even going to guess. So no. I'm going to Cook, I'm going to let you back in. Let I'm going to say, in. the reason you were close with Gemma Gemba is because this guy is an African football player. Fuck me, well, I thought he was Portuguese Gemma Gemba. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> from Cam- Cameroon. Cam- yeah. <laughs> See, how was that? I was thinking of me a lot of Portuguese, then, didn't he? Portuguese. You've not had many Africans. We haven't had many Africans. You are quite racist as a football club institution. Perhaps. Well. Oh, oh no. Wait. You could. We haven't, we really haven't, so it's even more embarrassing for you because we haven't had many. I'll give you a clue. But I've thought some of this. It's not Igalo. It's not Benny McCarthy either. He's African. Yeah. From the South. You are very warm. Fuck Jim. We're fucking warm. Right, Stan, go on, tell us his position, I dare you. Stan, can, uh, I, he played, can, can, I, can he I ask a question? You can. Is it between 03 and 08? Um, what, for United? He right. was there, now he was it? 99 to 06, so kind of. Right, okay. He was there for that long at United? Yeah, he used to play left back, left mid, centre mid. Oh, I think I've got it. Go on. Uh, am I frozen now? I'm just asking. No, I don't think so. Is it Michael Schulvest? It's not. Oh, no. He's French? He's also French. Yeah. You were very hot with Benny McCarthy. Was that? Yeah. No, he didn't play for Arsenal. Did he still Who? Yeah. yeah, he did. And United. Yeah, I've never really you, You're in the same country. What countries? Ooh, I do like country. Some what? people could say this guy is very lucky. As a last name. What? What, have you just said the country then? Well, it's, no. where from, it's where Benny McCarthy's from. So where's he from? But I know that country. Okay. Christ, I thought you'd have got this sooner. Oh! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. sorry. sorry headphone users. Fucking hell. Sorry. Do you want to have the guess? Am I allowed? Yes. Quinton Fortune. Quinton Fortune. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Thank you, yeah. South, South African, very lucky, Fortune. Yeah. Fucking hell. Came from Atletico Madrid to United. There we go. To Bolton. Started his career in Spain, somehow. Honestly, listen, somehow. if you thought that was embarrassing, you just play for me. At least you didn't hear the names that was going from my head. <laughs> Go on, let's have a few. <laughs> well, as soon as he said he's from the same country, for some reason I thought, oh yeah, J. Lloyd Samuel. Started at Mallorca. He did play for Bolton. I was going to get that night. He did also morning. pass away. Did he? Quite recently, yeah. So rest in peace, J. Lloyd. That was for you, J. Lloyd. Well done, Cookie. You were that Three one for cookie. I don't want it now. We're ending it on a very sombre note. I'm so shit. Can it not be more like, yeah, I won. Yeah, well done. J. Lloyd Samuel. Nah, you know. Well well done, but J. Lloyd Samuel. A hint of fortune in your win. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh, welcome back, Cookie Podcast listeners. Um, I've got a question for all of you. Who are the most is your informed single? tea? Oh, I'm that. And um, <laughs> any hot mums in your area? Yeah, there are. Local milfs in your area. <laughs> the, the, oh, every area is full of them. Click our link tree. 
Um, who is the most informed team in Premier League football? <gasps> Standard, is it? It's Manchester United. It's fucking class, isn't it? So we're going to talk about in this little section now called the form team. About form teams and not form teams, and the form team <laughs> is Manchester United. Somehow. Uh, Stan, is this? We're in the upside down. It's yeah. serious talk, right? Serious talk. You know, I know there's a lot of laughing here, but they've won four of the last five. Mm-hmm. A fuck ton of injuries, and we're going to speak about teams struggling with injuries. After the next quiz, after the next segment. Get your violins out. But, <laughs> yeah. points on the board with the, when the injuries are, are, are racking up. I know they haven't been great performances, I think, of. Um, we watched together the win at Fulham. Um, Sheffield United must be in the last five. That was pretty late on. Even moving on the weekend, mm. it, was, it wasn't a, a blow away. But, it's three points, isn't it? Mm. And that's all that matters. So it is. Is, is that is that the positive you're taking from the five? Yeah, I think it's got to be. Yeah, I mean, I said to call call me last week. Is it papering over the cracks? But you could see it as that, or you could see it as a team that's struggling with confidence and injuries, grinding out four Premier League wins out of five. And I know you can look at the opposition, but we've seen from the opposition, the opposition that we've beaten, have taken points off other teams in the league, like Brentford, beat Chelsea, uh, Luton. We scraped past one nil at the weekend. Drew with Liverpool the week before. Um, so you know. It, United, you know, but they just need to keep winning games with with the injuries that we've got, and we've been bad at times this season, really bad. I think I think the reason it doesn't feel like this is because the midweek games uh, have been bad. Although, I mean, United season hasn't made sense from start all the way to now, and that can be summed up by the fact that we are somehow the form team in the Premier League over the past five games. You know how many goals we've scored and conceded? Oh, I'm gonna guess not many. And you want to uh, I reckon you've conceded just as much. We've conceded five and scored six. Tell them the goal difference. Uh, we are it. sat sixth in the league with minus three goal difference. Nobody else in the top half has minus goal difference. Um, <laughs> we have scored thirteen goals in sixteen Premier League games and our sixth. We've scored nine goals in four Champions League games and our striker's top scorer and we are bottom of the group. Class. So nothing it's makes a mixed sense. Bag. It's, a mixed bag. it's a very mixed bag, but. The competition you thought we'd be doing well in in terms of goals and performances, we are bottom of the group, and the one that we really shouldn't be anywhere, we are somehow sat in the Europa League positions uh, going into the is it the third international break of the season it is, after Hoyland and Eriksson coming off with injuries, making that twenty players uh, being unavailable at some point this season for injury, and that's obviously not taking into account Sancho. Uh, falling out with Ten Hag and Anthony being taken he's injured to, his thumbs at EAFC he came out yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Sancho's injured his thumbs and Anthony's uh, been pulled by the Brazilian police for investigation so yeah he's injured his fist weirdly yeah somehow yeah, yeah uh, allegedly um, but yeah no look United have been really bad really bad in points this season uh, and even in the wins we haven't been great we haven't won a Premier League game by more than one goal all season every single Premier League game has been by one goal um, and we have had some poor performances and bad losses in that time as well. Obviously, three 0 at Old Trafford to City, three 0 at Old Trafford to Newcastle, coming within the space of four or five days. Uh, we lost one nil at Christ- uh, home to Palace. Uh, lost two nil at Spurs. Got beat three nil, three one at home to Brighton. So you know against Brighton, City, and Newcastle, uh, we have a we've conceded nine and scored one, and they were all home games. I guess that's why people are saying papering over the cracks, isn't it? Because when I think you play so. the teams that are. I know Brentford's a good win, um, but very capable teams. Yeah, United game, th- the performances aren't matching it. I think that's it. But I, I think what what 
again, you could spin that as a positive and you could say that the teams that United should be beating were beating. Uh, and I mean, the teams that we aren't, okay, we aren't, but I think there's reasons for that. It's because Ten Hag's had to get more out of uh, Johnny Evans at centre-half, uh, which has been you know difficult and that's just obviously one of the reasons. But um, look, you, you look at City, they lost Rodri, I know they played three games, they lost them all, he was, you know, League Cup, Arsenal, whatever. You look at uh, Liverpool a couple of years ago when they lost Van Dijk, completely fell off. Uh, you look at Spurs and Newcastle, they've had injuries to key players. I mean, you know, if, if you're losing, for me, in the build-up for United, the key player for us is Lissandro Martinez and, and he hasn't been fit all season uh, and he's, he's out again until after Christmas. And even if he isn't the most player in the build, most important player in the build up, then Luke Shaw is, and we haven't had him since the second game week either. So you're losing two of your back four, and then Rafael Varane and Aaron Masaka have been in and out of the team. So essentially, you know, Ten Hag's not been able to play what he wants because we've he's not had his whole back four. I think if you asked any Premier League team to not have the first back four for 14 of the 16 games, then they and anybody would struggle. Uh, I think some would do better than we have, granted, but. Watching United and how it feels, the fact that we are sixth and is it four or five points off Champions League positions going into, um, obviously like Jim said before, that busy December period, um, I don't know how we're even in the conversation, it feels like we should be 16th, not sixth, so, so look, United, you know, we need to take our positives and the positives are that you know you, you, you try and ignore the midweek games, I think because they've been so bad you've actually forgot that you, we are slowly creeping up the table, I mean Cook's feeling good about Chelsea, I think three weeks ago we were a point away from Chelsea and now we're five and that's not a dig on Chelsea but Chelsea fans feel really good and United fans don't at all yet you know we've increased the gap to them by four points I think it's just different feelings I think obviously injuries at United you've had Bobby Charlton passing away which you know was wasn't great for the club you've had the takeover reaching 12 months this week uh, and still uh, no official uh, announcement with that one, although uh, Jim and his merry men are going to be coming in. Uh, yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. Jim's going to be bringing his merry men in. Yeah. So, you know, you've, you've got to hope, like I say, what I said at the start, United have been so bad this season, I don't think we can be this bad for the next six months. Uh, there's, there's got to be a period. Martinez and Shaw come back, maybe we can sign a, a couple of players in January when the Ratcliffe deal gets ratified. And things get better and Rat- ratified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and to my peers at the, the day you, you know, uh, any of our front players decide to score because it's still only Marcus Rashford that has any league goal involvement for United this season with one goal and one assist. He's doing well, and um, so. yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, I think when you look at the other teams as well who've been struggling post injuries, I mean, I'm never going to feel sorry for United fucking hell, but he <laughs> explains it a bit more, doesn't it? And um, you can kind of. The performances are shocking at times, but you can get a sense of why, because, um, yeah, like we're going to get on to him in a few seconds, and then kind of, we're going to talk about a team that's not in form, that's had a lot of praise over the last few years, and even the start of this season, Brighton, um, Cook, got a few injuries themselves, haven't they, with um, um, Toy March, had a big injury, um, top end Danny Welbeck's also injured, um, dunks out, dunks out, and, yeah, they're really struggling, I mean, they, just, they had a red card, a bad draw against Sheffield United at home team that have beat Ajax in the last two Champions League games kind of well Champions League a Europa League game sorry kind of switching from United doing poorly midweek and mm. good on the weekend is, is Brighton who haven't won since um, they beat Bournemouth on the 24th of September yeah mad and the, the clean sheet the things, guys. yeah the clean sheet thing's just crazy like the only clean sheets they've kept this season have been in the Europa League and 
I think it's cause for concern because Deserby is moaning about refs, saying he hates eighty percent of the refs um, that he's encountered so far. Brighton can't buy a clean sheet. Evan Ferguson's now injured. March, who, like Jim rightfully said, is a key component for the way that they play. And I just think he's having a bit of a moan and a bit of a cry. And well, this is this is the Prem Deserby. Unfortunately, things come thick and fast, and you can only be the underdog for so long. So, again, for for Brighton, I, I hate the Brighton wank fest. I'll be honest, and. I think Potter was Potter and Deserby are just top coaches, but yeah, obviously as a Chelsea fan, we've had some rum dealings with Brighton, so I don't feel sorry for him at all. I can't wait till Deserby leaves because I think he's a really good coach, and I, I genuinely see him going to the upper echelon of the game. But yes, yeah, Dan, cause for concern at the minute for Brighton. Like I say, can't buy a clean sheet. Ferguson, who's the star boy for them, let's be honest, is out injured. Who scores goals for them? <coughs> yeah, look, I mean. You know, Brighton have done really well. I think it's it's testament to them the fact that we're expecting them to do more than you know they are currently sat eighth or seventh in the Premier League, uh, with a load of injuries and you know there are a load of mitigating factors. I've just said some for United, so it would be unfair of me to, to not say that. I mean, the injuries are huge. They've got such a small squad. Uh, oh, and, and Ciso is the big one. Sorry, it's quick. And Ciso, does he stupid yeah, as well? He had a huge injury though, didn't he? And Ciso, yeah, yeah. Does he stupid as as well yeah. at left back? Like they they're missing. Key players, I and mean, when you're missing key players in, in you know all areas of the pitch that are key to how a manager wants to play football, then you know given how the Premier League is, you will struggle to win Premier League matches. And if you do, like United have shown, you're probably only going to scrape past anybody by one goal, maybe two if you're lucky, because you know it's, it's, it can be that tight and that unforgiving at times if if you're not on it and you're not you know at the top of your game. So, um, but like I say, despite those mitigating factors, you know the. the they're in the Europa League, they've got injuries, I think midweek's not helping them, but they, they have to be doing better. The fact that they haven't conceded, uh, they haven't kept a clean sheet all season is, you know, there's no excuse for that because the Europa League didn't start in the first game week. They had multiple game weeks where they were conceding freely. They were scoring and that's why, like Jim said, they were, they were praised at the start of the season. I think they were really, I think they came to Old Trafford and won 3-1. I think they were right up there, second or third in the league and they were getting some real praise. I think they were still unbeaten at that point, but... The fact they've not kept a clean sheet all season, they've got one win in the last seven, uh, and you know to top to put the cherry on the ice on the cake before the um, before the international break. I think is that probably Sheffield United's first points at all away from home in the Premier League this season. It feels like it if it's not, and, and I get it must you know be. they had they had a, a red card, but you know Brighton should be putting putting Sheffield United. It away. is Dan. It uh, is. Yeah, so that's the cherry on the ice. Last team Sheffield United beat away from home. Uh, World Cup running is Derby. Yeah, when you look at I think with with Brian is I'm just looking at the lineup from the weekend at Sheffield United had five teenagers in it. Um and the front three was Pascal Gross, who doesn't usually play in the front three, Ansu Fati and Adam Lalana. Um on the wing he had a Dingler midfield four is at the ages is a Dingler twenty one, Billy Gilmore twenty two, Dahoud who got sent off, who's the most experienced of the lot at twenty seven, and then Buenanote eighteen. Yeah, the bench has four teenagers on it, um, and I think that's the issue with Brighton. I think he will catch up. See, Brian is playing four competitions, well, three competitions mm. now that they're out for the, the league cup. But yeah, injuries and playing multiple competitions will make you feel these lineups. And to be fair, if I'd have probably seen that, I didn't see that on Sunday. To be to be honest, but I probably wouldn't have been confident that that would have beat even Sheffield United. To be fair, I know that's easy looking back in yeah. hindsight because the result was one all, but. 
It's not going to be many Premier League teams, though, is it? I think no, it's it's, it's really not. Uh, especially when you get a man sent off. I mean, you know, you're lucky to win any game if you get a man sent off. Um, but yeah, uh, the Europa League was always going to be a struggle for them this season. Um, but you know, uh, the injuries have, have obviously compiled that. Uh, playing two, three games every week, traveling. Uh, and then you know, like we've said before, and it's a cliche, but it's true. There isn't an easy game in the Premier League, and you know, results this season have shown that. With like I've said, uh, Minos taking points off the big teams when you wouldn't expect it. So, yeah, not looking good at all for Brighton. But I think you know they're a well-run club. They're not going to make any rash decisions with the Zerbi. I think they'll know that they've got a a guy there who knows exactly what he's doing. And I think like Cook says, bigger clubs will be be after him come the summer so they're not going to make any rash decisions I think they'll understand as well that they are going through an injury crisis and they just need to get as many players back over the next fortnight Hello and welcome back and yes we are at the end of the pod there's still another game to go though so uh, do not uh, turn your podcasts off immediately yes uh, the vibrator t- back in the draw well, you're not done yet yes Definitely. We're going to talk about the two televised games. Do you think games. anyone has ever used a vibrator and listened to this podcast? 100%. I hope so. 100%. Other than your mum, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I thought that was the elephant <laughs> yeah, in the room, figuratively <laughs> and literally. <laughs> she doesn't count. <laughs> Fucking pig. Who's on we on a boat? We're going to talk about... Better help me, boy. Um... <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, Spurs. Spurs, of the course. The wheels yeah, sorry, are falling off. Spurs and Newcastle. So we're going to talk about the two televised games from Saturday, in which Spurs lost two one to Wolves and Newcastle lost two nil uh, to Bournemouth. Uh, we'll start off with Spurs. Obviously, we haven't really spoken about it because it landed on a Monday night. But Spurs losing four one to Cooks Chelsea uh, with nine men for pretty much a whole half. Um, and they ended, they, en- they, they ended up losing 4-1. Yeah, it probably should have been longer, but uh, <laughs> ended up finishing 4-1 with a hat-trick uh, from Nico Jackson. But as we know, Romero uh, and Udogi were suspended and Madison and Van der Ven picked up long-term injuries. I think both of them and are going to be out for... Yeah, Richarlison. Yeah, not in that game, but he's having surgery. So, yeah, obviously, Richarlison's oh, out. Right, sorry. On his brain. Yes, but from that game, you've got Van der Ven and Madison who both picked up injuries that are probably going to be about three months long. Um, big players for them Stan. big players for them and I mean the first game you go to Molyneux who, who have already taken all three points from uh, Manchester City and only just got beat by Liverpool in the last minute of the game so not an easy place to go to at all um, Spurs turn up and score two minutes in and it looks like Christ have Spurs turned a corner here even with its you know, in, injuries key players missing they're cracking on they're playing the exact same way it doesn't matter who's playing it's plugging and play uh, and Brennan Johnson opens his account uh, and scores, making it 1-0 two minutes into the game. You think, well, there we go. But then on, I don't. I think Spurs' next shot on target was, I believe, in about the 85th minute. Uh, and that kind of tells you what happened for the rest of the game. It was Wolves. I remember saying in the pub, uh, if this was pretty much it, Spurs away at any other Premier League team, uh, they would definitely be losing or at least drawing the game by the hour mark or something like that but it ended up carrying all the way into added time where Pablo Sarabia scored a brilliant goal cross from Mateus Cunha Touch right tackers. foot left foot devastating and then, and then Lavina in I mean Cook yes. are the wheels going to fall off for Spurs we saw the heads go a little bit against Chelsea and we've seen arguably the heads go again against Wolves conceding two goals in, in, in injury time for the game to turn on its head are well, the wheels falling off? Are the cracks beginning to show? Well, Stan, the wheels had to be on to fall off, mate. And well, I think... No, 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 hear me out, hear me out. 
because I'm going to have a dig and I'm going to bring some rationale to the table as well. Mm. Ange, fantastic manager. Three manager of the month. I thought you were shouting. Thought you were shouting James Mum then. Well, well, she's a great manager as well. Ange, fuck off. Anyway, Postacoglu. Yeah, Postacoglu. Barking that garden again. (laughs) But yeah, three manager of the month on the spin. Cannot take that away from him. However, I I believe he he is a bit of a media darling in the minute, and he does play up to that. And he's got Spurs playing some fantastic football. Again, everyone has injuries. Every single team has injuries. They, they don't have any Europe. Just like Chelsea, they don't have any Europe. So they should be coping with these injuries a lot better than, let's say, Manchester United, who are plagued by them at the minute. And like Stan said, had 20 players at one point in the season. But this is what you're going to get for playing the same 14, 15 players on the spin. You've got to utilise your squad. And I personally think that's where he needs to be criticised because he hasn't used the depth of his squad and he has overplayed Madison. He has overplayed maybe Van der Ven at times. He, all these players, they're big players for him, and like Stan said, they're not little injuries. These are big injuries that are going to keep him out till at least the new year. So I, I, I don't think they're in a title race. I never thought they were, and I, and I genuinely believe if Madison, who's been so good so far, he's been the main creative outlet for them, and I was gutted when he went to Spurs because I was like literally anyone anywhere but there in United. That, that was literally that for me. <laughs> but fantastic player, Jim. Yeah. I personally, again, don't believe they're in a title race. I, th- I think they're in a, a top six race. They're a great team, don't get me wrong, but they, they've got no track of winning anything. And they give. They, I, I just think that the hype in them is on what evidence? Do you know what I mean? I, I, like, I think. I think. I think the hype was for. But yeah, I don't think. I don't think. I mean, I'd prefer the only Spurs fan I know they probably did think he was in a title race. <laughs> <laughs> but they probably didn't realistically long term think he was going to win the title or anything like that. But in terms of how he was playing against the big teams, I mean, you can't deny it. I mean, for me, like, the way against Liverpool, yeah, there was some stuff happened that game, but he was very good in it. He was very good against Arsenal before that. He was very good against United. I mean, even looking at the Chelsea game, which was mad, I think they lost it. And I think, I think even you can agree that they've lost the game. Yeah. I think the way that game started and the way Spurs came firing out, if they didn't do some stupid, stupid things, I'm thinking a doggy's two footed tackle they got away with. They got away with some stuff as well, and they Romero's still ca- kick out. carried on doing stupid things. But if he didn't do that, I feel like Spurs would have ran. I, feel, I, feel, I, I honestly, I know you might not agree, but I feel like Spurs would have ran pretty easy when it was against Chelsea that night. And yeah, it was a bad game for them in terms of the scoreline against the rivals was four one. But also, as Stan alluded to, the probably the biggest worry from the game, which happened the week after with a lot with a loss against Wolves, was then big players got injured and they didn't deal with it. Um, yeah, a bit of a shame to be fair that it's the wheels probably have fell off so soon because we've seen Spurs do this so many times that we're all probably waiting for it to happen and it's it's happened sooner than we thought. It's just kind of one game. It's just with the injuries and the scoreline, it's just collapsed. Like because he was on, I think he was on being, wasn't he? Before that, before Chelsea, yeah. probably the, was probably the only team on being. Yeah, there was, there was someone lost at the weekend before him, didn't they? Like the same weekend, Arsenal, I think it was. Yeah, so they was only, they yeah, the only two. team unbeaten, and then they, they lose that, and they lose some of the biggest players, and yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm only going to say the wheels will fall off based on what team is, based on what we know about Spurs. Would, um, would you say a Spursy performance that Wolves game, Jim? I didn't on, I didn't watch it myself. It's a Spursy result. It was the the the, the Chelsea game was a Spursy performance <laughs> because yeah, like I said, I feel like they lost it, and I feel like they did some very, very silly things. Um, 
Yeah. Entertaining. But yeah. I've ne- I'll be honest, I, and I say media darling before, and I, I am trying not to be biased here, but but at the same time... I love him. But at the same time, if, if Ten Hag, and I'm being serious now, if Ten Hag does what he does with the nine men, they're going, oh my God, how is he, how is he a manager? I I think, is he stupid? I, I, I think like, that that's came, what it is. Yeah. I think that came from... I think that's I, do, I, do, I don't... The, the hype around the Lord in this high line was... Ridiculous because at the end of the day, it's why you lost. It's pretty much. It's not why they lost, but Chelsea ended up getting two very easy goals. Yeah. They play a high line. I, I, I feel like I feel like you let a vulnerable team get easy goals. Where I feel like if you'd have just sat back, I don't think. I honestly think Chelsea weren't playing well. Yeah, I don't. They think let they us off so much. But it was something that we've never seen before. So I can get why you got all the 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 like Carragher was going on about it after the game. When it, it was it was interesting to be fair, but it was nine men who was playing that halfway line. Their best player was, was Carragher. The keeper. Yeah, I, th- I think no. I think it's a mix for for Spurs because I think Ange just come in and, and we said at the time he's a Spurs manager, and from what I mean by that is he's going to come in and play nice football. He's going to be an, an un- inoffensive guy, and he's going to buy players that you know are going to suit that nice style of football, which he has, and it's all gone well so far. But <clears throat> you know, were they ever going to have that backbone uh, of you know that a title winning team needs? You need to be horrible. You need to be tough to beat. You need to dig in against Chelsea when you've got nine men you need to dig in away at Wolves when you're missing key players and that's two tests basically the two tests that uh, two biggest tests for Ange's season you know he's lost both of them I think he's done really well for himself I think he's got the media on side which I don't think we can we can get you know look past the value of that because I think the media is so important we've seen it before with other managers that are struggling that, that, that they never really question anything when it's going uh, too badly uh, I think he'll get a lot of leeway with the start that he's had but I also think that Spurs were incredibly fortunate I saw a stat that I think he played the same back four from game week three to game week 15 and I don't think that's happened for anybody else uh, he's pretty much played the same starting 11 or the same 12-13 players up to that Chelsea game and it doesn't bode well that, uh, OK, it's key players, they've all happened at once, uh, whereas for other clubs they've kind of happened in dribs and drabs, maybe that's easier to deal with. But, you know, on the flip side of that, Spurs might be in the position they are now because they went 15 games playing the same 12, 13 players. So, unfortunately, it's all happened at the same time. But, look, <laughs> obviously I've got my United spectacles on, but Ten Hag and United haven't got a lot of leeway with the injuries we've had. You're still expected to win. You're still expected, if you win in, in the 91st minute away at Wolves, not to lose that football game, and they have. Um, so, you know, and we'll learn from it, I think, but I think Spurs are Spurs are in a top-four race just like everybody else apart from Arsenal, City and Liverpool, I think. I th- yeah, I, th- I think when a team's doing so well and playing so well, you kind of forget about what the potential background issues are. And yeah. But for Spurs, it was it was, it was the depth because as soon as the Romero gets sent off and, and uh, Van der Veen pulls up his hamstring, Dyer and Royale at centre half. They're playing Emerson and Dyer at centre half, and Royale at centre half. Genuinely, I thought Dyer was incredible when he came on. Yeah, no, but he. No, I know, but that's just. It's the same one you start the next game. It's the fact that they have three centre backs, and one of them's Dyer, and let's not forget how Dyer started this season. He was out of the Spurs squad for the first, what, five, seven games. He wasn't wasn't fancied at all. So, Davidson Sanchez. And I think because of how good he was playing, nobody even looked at the bench and thought. Who is the next centre back? Is it Jaffa Tanger? Yeah, yeah it's Jaffa yeah. Tanger. It's Hoiberg. You don't play there, and yeah, and we quickly come to realise what the issues are, and they've all come along to Spurs, which yeah, pretty bad week for them. Yeah, that's a nice segue actually, Jim, uh, into something that I, I found quite comical this weekend. Uh, Kieran Trippier. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy about this team. 
yeah. being in, in trouble than Spurs. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind Spurs. Yeah. But yeah, Karen Trippier kicking off because he's got a few injuries. It's been yeah. Oh no. Oh. I think I think they got loads of injuries. I think they did me. How many injuries? I don't know. Well, is Bruno injured or is he suspended? I think was he not missing the next match you from that yellow against been Arsenal? Anyway. Isak. You have you Isak. have Isak and, and and Wilson. You have Botman and Byrne. But they still have the likes of Shah, uh, Joe Linton, Trippier, uh, Almiron, uh, Anthony Gordon. Almiron you know, got injured in this. Game. Almiron got injured, so again that compiles it. Longstaff, I thought, had completely done his ankle at one point. He was pretty much crying on the pitch, but. Uh, uh, the thing for me is, look, I, I actually quite like players speaking to fans. I, I welcome it, if anything, because just fans and players just don't connect in any way at all, do they? Um, oh yeah, sorry, they've got yeah, Sandro, yeah, Sandro like, Tonali. Yeah, Sandro Tonali is as well. So yeah, but, I about the same injury tonight. Self excluded. Yeah, yeah self excluded. Exactly. Yeah, Harvey they, Barnes. They definitely won't let you back in. Look, yeah, they've got key injuries and they've got a, a decent number of injuries, but a lot of teams and that, do, and that's fine. Look, and. and I think had Trippier not, not I'm not going to say not done because I, like I say I like that, but it's what he said. I think uh, I like the bit before it. Has, what, do you ha, not think we're giving everything? Has it gone well? They are. Yeah, they're obviously giving everything, but, but the I last bit's an excuse. It's when he goes. Have you not seen the injuries they've got? Because that is an excuse. It's your club captain saying that, and what you're effectively saying is, do you expect us to beat Bournemouth with that fucking shit on the pitch? Is essentially what you're yeah. saying about your other teammates that have filled in because you still had eleven. It's not like you were Spurs and you had two men sent off and you go in. Have you seen our injuries and we, we had two two men left? You've seen him up yeah. front. And you played Bournemouth. Honestly, we're laughing, but that is essentially what the club captain has said to the fans. Are you that fucking messing? Have you, have you seen who's in fucking midfield and next to Shah at centre-half? The shit is right. essentially what he's gone. And It's true. Uh, I, th- I think if Newcastle were a bigger club, uh, the, whoever's club captain would be absolutely shredded. I think if, if any any of the big six clubs uh, captains come out and say yeah, that, it's then it gets it gets a lot more limelight than what we've seen. At the same time, is it is it a case of Newcastle fans getting a bit um, big for the boots? Yeah, yeah, entitled. Yeah, entitled. Considering <laughs> two years ago they was fucking bottom of the league. Oh, yeah, get yeah. Ashley back. I, I mean. <laughs> And that yeah. does happen because I've, I've been for right, myself. I've seen City fans do. Yeah, look, yeah, it, it it does. And is there anything wrong with thinking I want my team to do better and I want more and I want to improve on fourth and I finally want to win a trophy for the first time in sixty eight years or whatever it is? There isn't. But you've got to take context. Look, I I'm happy that United, are, you know, are winning games at the moment. Yeah, okay. Do I want us to be beating teams three nil, four nil? But with the context at United, with everything on the pitch and off the pitch, injuries and the takeover, I'm happy that we're just fucking somehow the form team in the league. You've got to just take it. Look, Newcastle again, the seventh in the league going into the going into December, like, and they've had key injuries and they're playing Champions League football in the midweek for the first time in twenty years. Bottom of the you've group got, there you've, as well. Yeah. You've got you've got to see the big picture. You've got the, to see the, it all. The Champions League dream hasn't hasn't lived up to it. Especially with how it started. Yeah, it started really well and the. They showed that they could right. like kick it with him. I thought after that first game, you thought, oh, they could get out of this fucking group. And second game, and it was at nil nil the first one. Mm-hmm. Milan. Yeah, but even when he played, oh them, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, I, I watched that. He was he was, the Paris game. he was pretty dominant over Milan, and it yeah. was like, oh, these could get out of the group definitely yeah. because I was the away at Milan. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. That, that yeah. I know you thought maybe it's between them and Milan because Val, what Dortmund had been struggling like in their league, and then yeah, did, have they lost back to back games now against yeah. Dortmund? Yeah, home and away. Would you say it's yeah, it kind the of fans, Jim? Would you say it's a fine line between ambition and entitlement? 
Yeah, probably. And I mean, it, it depends what you like as a fan, and everyone's different. I mean, I remember when City first got in the Champions League, I was just fucking happy to be there. Um, and I'm sure there's Newcastle fans that are just happy to be there. But I am sure at the same time that they're probably thinking, oh, Premier League's so good. We should be, we should be in these. Yeah, like we're Dortmund. the richest team in the league. Yeah. We should be doing Even this. Even though City were the. I, remember, I think Dortmund was, I think Dortmund was in one of our first groups. But these are dickos, and I should still like being there. Yeah. But I feel, I feel like some fans do get a bit entitled when. It is football, and in the context of being a Newcastle fan, they've not won anything in fucking yeah. years and years and years. Yeah. So when it does go a little bit wrong, I mean, they won the championship with Andy Carroll. Get it all in the context, <laughs> and you, you're still on the rise. Yeah. It, it's not context. I think football and and life loses has lost a lot of context. To be honest, I mean, it seems like everything these days has to be binary. It's like Newcastle are brilliant. Eddie Howe's doing a brilliant job. St James's Park is a cauldron when they beat PSG, and now. They've got no chance. Uh, they're arguing with the club captain. They've got injuries. They've got back-to-back losses. With with shit, blah blah blah. We should be doing better. It's like you're doing all right. Mm-hmm. You're in your first sure. Champions League group in the group of death. You've had a massive win against PSG. You went to the San Siro and didn't get beat. You've lost back-to-back games against Dortmund. The Champions League, a lot of it is about heritage and the Premier League, as we've said multiple times in this podcast, if you're not on it and you've got injuries to key players, you will lose Premier League games. It doesn't matter who you play and whether you're home and away, you will lose Premier League games. Just just have a bit of context. You're yeah. doing all, it's not Newcastle are doing brilliantly and Eddie Howe's great and it's not Newcastle need to sack Eddie Howe and they're doing really badly. You're just doing all, you're all right. You're doing all yeah. right. And what we can <laughs> learn it. from the situation from Spurs and Newcastle is let's just, fucking, let's just chill out. When they win like three league games, that's not called the best team in the league. Let's just chill out and let's see what well, happens. Well, that's it. But we're twelve games into a season, we're, we're, we're a quarter way there. But let's also we're chill out. There, Newcastle fans, let's also chill out. You've lost back to back games for the first time this season. I would maybe get, and you're absolutely shitting yourselves and having a go at your club captain. Just relax. You might win next week. You might win back to back games next week, and you're back to being. The, the, the Saudi mags again, aren't you? So crack, next. Crack, crack on. <laughs> but they, but they could, couldn't they? Like they could, it's just especially at St James's, like you said, cauldron. It, yeah, but it's it's extremes. It's so sensationalised. The leaky cauldron nowadays. The leaky wow. cauldron. You, you lose back to back. It's the end of the world. You win back to back, and you you know you're the Saudi mags. So you know, crack on and just relax. Right, listeners, welcome back to the last game of the podcast, unfortunately. Back by popular demand, I'll have to admit, him we're versus him. It. We're enjoying it. We are enjoying it, and I hope you listeners are enjoying it. Like we say at the end of every pod, if you've got any feedback, good or bad, let us know. So, anyway. Nothing more I love cooking, disagreeing with Stan. Oh, that is true, actually. Right, so, on him versus him, I have broken down into subcategories. So, we've got world-class... We've got the category just below world class, then we've got world class for a bit, and then we've just got the bonus one, which could be a journeyman uh, player, it could be a player that's been at a club for years and maybe didn't win anything, but just to give everyone the shine from a few different tiers of European football. So, players number one, Andres Iniesta versus Zinedine Zidane. Who do you want to go first, Cock? I'll let you decide. Who who feels more strongly about it? I want to see you fight it out. We might for not we might, we might not fight it out. For me, there's there's one answer. Yeah, there's a pretty clear answer for me as well. Go on. Um do you want me to say it, Sam? Yes. It's Iniesta. Do you agree? Yes. Yes. Um I mean, to be first, as in Zidane, this could be a bias of the amount of football I've watched this player play, as we know, there's a bit of an age difference between Zidane and Iniesta in the end. 
pretty much watching Iniesta from almost day to his... retiring, to be fair. Um, yeah, came through and then just smashed it. But I, th- I, I, I think he's the best midfielder I've ever watched um, play football. So it's hard to say in a midfielder that's better yeah. than him. And Zinedine yeah. Zidane, there's, he's got some fraud allegations. <laughs> fraud fraud allegations. allegations. I mean, yeah. he's had some seasons where he's not been great. And I don't think I've ever seen Iniesta not be great. I think... I think the biggest thing I can say about Iniesta is he was the best player in the Spanish team, which was filled with ridiculous talents, and he was the closest, I think, uh, to Ronaldo and Messi during their prime, all the way pretty much through it. For me, he was the third best player in the world, and like Jim said, the best midfielder I've ever seen, and he could also do a job on the left wing and not be that bad. Uh, And like Jim says, we didn't see Zidane for his prime, we saw Andres Iniesta for his prime. If there are people out there that say you know Zidane was a better player than Iniesta, then fucking hell, he must have been some player. I think Zidane. Or French. I think I think, <laughs> yeah, the, I think Zidane did on a pitch in terms of when he was like on form and he was like taking control of a game, were more noticeable than what Iniesta would do because of the way Barcelona was being played in terms of he just control the yeah, and keep the ball. It wasn't but, explosive. Was no, it? Zidane it was, was like he's, he's almost like a. It wasn't moments, was it? Zidane no, was a moment. Zidane was, was he take, he's taking everyone on. He's he's doing some mad touches. He's flying challenges. He's scoring screamers. Two goals in the, in the yeah. World Cup final and stuff like that. He did score big, but yeah. again, Iniesta got a World Cup final. I was going to say yeah. both World Cup winners, both scored in World Cup Iniesta's finals, got both Champions won Champions Champ- League. He's got Champions League goals. Yes. Yes. He's scored in the Champions League final. The Hamden one. Iniesta did. Champions League. Final. Did he not score against Juve? Or maybe he didn't. Maybe right, no, Rakitic did. Neymar, Suarez, Messi. Maybe it was. Yeah, yeah, right. But Iniesta won. Can't look past Iniesta. Are you demanding what you said? Then I don't think. I'd, I'd, yeah. I don't yeah. think there's one midfielder ever. Oh, that I've ever watched anyway. You have the Michael Ball. <laughs> yeah, the Michael Ball. <laughs> the singer. You mean Michael yeah, yeah, Brown? Michael Ball. Oh, yeah, Michael Brown. <laughs> Michael Ball. Fucking well, Michael Ball did play for hey, City. He did a well. single with Captain Tom, if you Fuck remember. No. Michael Ball played Just for City. Just think of yeah. two Stamps English names. Stamps on Ronaldo's stomach. <laughs> <laughs> think of two English names and we've had him. John Smith. <laughs> actually, actually, actually have as well. Alan Smith. Chris Richards. Ian Wright. Richard Dunn. Carry on. Anyway, so in Iniesta, Iniesta, Iniesta by far, yeah, and I can call brother. these two the best yeah. midfielder they've ever yeah. seen. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that was our world class category. Mm. This is the subcategory, so maybe the category below world class. We definitely agree okay. with them too, because they were world class as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they were both. Yeah. yeah obviously. Okay. Players number two, Samuel Eto'o versus Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Ooh. Stan's Stan. pulling a f- quite a funny face here. Eto. Sammy Leto. Um ridiculous footballer pretty much everywhere he was. Uh, he was Everton? in, in uh, <laughs> Well yeah. <laughs> and Jim scored a hat trick against United for Chelsea, so he must have been scored going. against Chelsea for Everton. Uh, scored against Chelsea for Everton. But no, I mean I, I was more thinking of uh um, <laughs> one of few players to play for Barcelona Madrid, although he very rarely played for Madrid, Mallorca, if, if at all. Mallorca as well, yes. Of course. Um, yeah. Did you play with Quinton Fortune? <gasps> oh, oh, that's a great question. <laughs> Listeners, find out. Like Joe, if you're listening, you yeah, find Joe, out. Yeah, Joe will find out. Um, what do you mean, Joe, if you are? Yeah. If he is listening, of course listening. he is. <laughs> um, yeah, Sammy Leto uh, won the only player, I think, to win back-to-back trebles for Barcelona and then Inter Milan uh, back-to-back seasons and being... 
a key player for both. It's not like he was just one of these squad players like a, a David May for United. And do you remember that, that they were part of the swap one. deal together? They were, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try so and synchronise that for you. Eto, Eto and, and, uh, Eto won it at Barca, uh, whilst Zlatan was at Inter. Then they swapped, and then Eto won it the next season at Inter. So, like I said, won two trebles and the uh, the key player, uh, or one of the yeah. key players in both, I think, scored in the Champions League final against us in 09. And like I say, was key and played different positions. He was brilliant as a striker, and he was br- brilliant as a left winger uh, or right winger. He could do anything. I thought, yeah. yeah, it was brilliant. And Jim, yeah, like I said, both both these players dabbled in a few different leagues. Yeah, they didn't stick to one league. Ibra did it in more. It is close. I think did do it in more. He's in a thousand club as well. I think Ibra. I I think there's not going to be many players like Ibra in terms of, and he didn't have the, the medical science we have nowadays. But yeah, he carried on until he was like thirty nine. Forty one, Jim. Well, it was, it was like draining his knees at one point, but still at a good level as well. Even when Milan won that title last year with Giroud. He was. He, I know he wasn't on the pitch a lot, but he was still. He dressing came on room. in big games. He was a big part of the dressing room. The fact that he's staying fit and just playing that long, even at United. When how old was he? United. He was thirty-five. All his family as well. He was brilliant then as well. Did his ACL for us as well. He, he was living in Italy on his own as well. Like all his family were in, yeah. in a different country. The sacrifice. I, I. I have a lot of respect for you. A weird, a weird athlete and a, a like a, a really polarizing figure as well. And it's, it's, it's the kind of people that are kind of getting etched out of football now these characters and Ibra was, yeah. the, was one of the great characters of the game since I've been watching I probably do think Eto on his day was the better player um, I mean there's not many I mean Barca were pretty happy to replace Henri with him and I think that's that's, that's pretty good praise isn't it I mean when you're going from Henri <laughs> to anyone and Eto can just uh, step in and be as good if not better they were, they were, they were more um, successful with Eto in that team so yeah, I'm going to say Ibra, but he's very close. I'm just going to say Ibra based on the fact that of what he did longevity-wise and the yeah. fact that he did it at so many different teams. Eto yeah. obviously had the two trebles at Inter and Barca, but... Yeah. Well, he started the PSG project, didn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. Ibra was great everywhere. He was the first big signing. No matter how old he was. I mean, he was a teenager at Ajax and he was great. That's and he it. was an old man at United yeah. and Milan. He was still yeah. great then. It's so. a fact he pretty much yeah. had a 20... 20 Two year yeah. career was it, and he was brilliant from Ajax to AC Milan. Come back from some end. big injuries as well. Even that one at United. Yeah, yeah. Come back from a big. Injury the only thing I'm, the only thing I'm saying is is, for me, it's going off the peak of the players, and I think if you're winning back to back trebles, yeah, agree with and that. you're starting week in week out for that team, yeah. and you know Ibra, the only thing he's got against him, the only slight he's got against him, never won a Champions League. So you know, Eto just for me, but like you know, I've waxed lyrical about Iniesta and, and Eto, but you know. Zidane and Ibra were alright as well. I'm not saying they weren't that good. But Zidane and Ibra would beat them to a fight. Oh, yeah. Pretty easily. Yeah, easily. They get fucking bummed. Okay. Little twinks. Ooh. Okay. He is compared to Ibra, isn't he? Anyone's a twink compared to his lads. Yeah. <laughs> He'll make anyone a twink. <laughs> Remember, listeners, this category now is world class for a bit. Nice. For a bit's doing some heavy lifting there, isn't it? I've left it very vague. Very, very just like the clear and obvious. Just one game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Could just one game. Like Italy, yeah, it could, could have had Well, let's see. Well, well, let's see. Awesome. Oh, that was a great game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You like this one? Thank you. Robin Van Persie versus Diego Costa. Because they were both world class yeah. for a bit. <laughs> um. <laughs> Right, I will say 
don't know. No, he's pretty close, actually. <laughs> both won leagues, both won yeah. cups. Diego Costa was brilliant, wasn't he? They both were. They were both amazing. I <laughs> think Van Persie carried his team to a title in um, two and three years. In um, <laughs> in more like yeah, he had more of the weight than Diego Costa did, and I think he was in a worse team. And I think that's why I'm gonna. And I think at Arsenal too, he was brilliant. I mean, Diego Costa was brilliant at Atletico Madrid, so it is close. In preference of how I like my strikers to play, um, Van Persie was classy as fuck. Um, big, strong, could finish. Great for Netherlands as well uh, in, in the World Cup. Um, Had a whip. Both both match winners. Um, Diego Costa played on the edge a lot, which is a, a, a variable that you need as a striker in the Premier League, to be fair. But I am going to say Van Persie just, and I think a big reason it is is that I think he did it for longer at a higher level, just. And I think the way they both won titles, I don't think Costa was Chelsea's best player. And I think Van Persie was easily United's best player mm. at the time. And, and I think the United team, I think you forget, wasn't great that last one, that 31 on paper. And I think he was on his way out and he just wanted to win one last one. And I think Van Persie did that for him. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Robin. I mean, I wasn't going to say anything else. But yeah, it, it, I can't really think, there probably is, but I can't think of, of, of one player that was so clearly the team's best player and he, and he won the title that year. I can think of ones where, like Suarez at Liverpool, but they didn't quite do it. Because most of the time he needed a team, and I'm not saying that the United team was completely crap around him, because like, I think Rooney still got 20 goals all comps that season. He still had Rooney and Giggs, Scholes, Carrick, Ferdinand. You know, no, it ever. It's not really a crap title. No, no, it, it wasn't, but I, I'm, I'm just... I can't think of a player. I think he scored 30 in 35 league games for us or something stupid because he didn't play in the first one or he got subbed on. Maybe it was in 35 starts. And in the game where we needed uh, to win, to, to cement the title, it wasn't obviously that close of a, challenge, a title uh, race that year. Um, we played Villa on a Monday night and he scored a hat-trick with, with the goal of the season. So it's just those moments. But I, again, it is Van Persie for me because I just think the peak out of the two was higher. And like Jim said... He was the most important in the title win, whereas Costa had Hazard with him, who, you and know, Fabregas. Was, and Fabregas, etc. They were both as, as City key. fans thinking about how they played against City. They were both fucking nightmare. I'll yeah. say that. Probably. Yeah, I mean, Jagos <laughs> was brilliant. I mean, I remember, I remember saying to you, I mean, I, I, one's a good one for you, which you probably won't use because you've done Diego uh, Costa already. But I remember saying to you when you signed him that he's, he was better than Falcao. Yeah. And I was still watching La Liga at the time, and I thought Costa was was better than Falcao as a rounded striker. Yeah. Uh, and we just had Falcao, and I think you just bought Costa, and I said he's better than Falcao. And Falcao was like was still living off that Atletico Porto kind of run. Yeah. And and he came and he won two two league titles in 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 three years for Chelsea. But yeah, I just think Van Persie's uh, peak was higher than him, and that's basically just what I'm basing all these off. Uh, peak, and I think yeah, Robin was ridiculous that season. It scored pretty much a goal again. Right, listeners, and final, him versus him. This is, of course, the journeyman or Premier League, not legend, but should we say good servant in the Premier League. So I've linked these two very nicely as I've linked the rest. So these are two goalkeepers, this one. Two goalkeepers that are both scored in the Premier League. Oh, it's Tim Howard. It's Tim Howard versus Brad Friedel. (laughs) Fuck you now. Two Premier League legacies. Two goal-scoring goalkeepers. Yeah. Um... Ooh. Both served a lot of time in the league. Yeah, wasn't Brad Friedel at one stage 
He's right, he's still Most marking. consecutive appearances, is it? I think he's the oldest. Did he play the most games, though, as a keeper or not? Oh, was it he once? Might, he was definitely the oldest keeper to ever play at one point. Because he beat Van der Sar, wasn't he? 41 <laughs> playing for someone. QPR or someone? No. Fuck oh, no, that? I can't remember anyway. Tim Howard or yeah. Brad Friedel. Timmy Tourette's or <laughs> two Americans as well, Cook. Nicely put together. Oh, yeah. Um, very niche. Uh, me, it's difficult. It is very it's difficult because I don't know what to go off because neither of them won anything. Let's go off whose goal was better. Uh, Tim Howard's goal was was that the one that was caught by the wind and yeah, just went all the way down. in? It was. Yeah, down. I can't remember. I can't remember Friedel's goal. The one thing I remember about Friedel is, and I think this might just edge it, is he was absolutely ridiculous against United whenever we played Blackburn at Ewood Park. I feel like we had an awful record against Blackburn. <laughs> uh, I feel like he. I mean, I actually. I actually, well, he won trophies at United, yeah, he did, Tim Howard. But I actually saw somebody tweet the other day saying they can't wait for some keeper to play like Brad Friedel against United. Okay, it was some keeper who was having a debut against someone, I think. The fact that United fans are using that as the signpost to a great keeper performance against us, I'll, I'll have to say him. Although Tim Howard did play for United, was a Premier League winner, won as many titles as Robin Van Persie. Uh, and an FA Cup, so we're more at United than Robbie Manversi. FA Cup runner-up with Everton as well? At United never came close to cementing that number one position. I was basically sharing it with a, an average Roy Carroll as well. Yep. So Whereas Friedel, I think, went to Spurs and yep. made, made that position his own and they were challenging for top four. I think that's probably higher as a number one, set number one, than Tim Howard ever got. I think the best he ever got was at Everton. Yep. And they were maybe pushing for the European positions, but yeah, I'd say Friedel's peak was probably higher. Fred Friedel, uh, interesting stats, Dan. Look how prepared he is. See, I was I'm just not, buying I'm, time I'm, for Jim, I'm then. Chat, chatting so shit, bro. I'm chatting shit about the Yanks. I'm trying to find <gasps> Brad Friedel's goal, because I can't remember myself. Um, can't find it. Okay. Can, I found it. This is so weird, this, by the way. That the first clip I've seen on, on TikTok, when I type in Friedel goal, the first, like, video in playing football was a save made of Michael Brown. <laughs> was it? No genuinely, way! Genuinely. Anyway, the stat was that he's Full actually, circle. in one season, um, scored the most FPL points by a goalkeeper in the 2 or 3 season. Well, there you and go. That's why he's. <laughs> <laughs> that is the peak. Um, Love it. Yeah, I mean, Tim Tim had a better, better shiny head. Yeah. He did, and a great beard. He did have a class beard, to be fair. Great beard. Uh, yeah, Brad Friedel, just, like I say, edging it because I think when he was number one. At a club for longer, and they were higher up sure, in the league than Howard. Sure, I'd see uh, an American's take on this. Just his performances against United, because yeah. I do remember a, a handful of ridiculous. How the fuck are we going to score today with him in there? Um, so yeah, well, well nice little fact about them both. When I was doing the research for this, um, Tim Howard actually did accuse Brad Friedel in his autobiography of trying to sabotage his Manchester United move. Why is that? Did he explain why? Uh, just that he was basically asking asking for advice and that he was just dragging his feet and just basically just bad-mouthing him to people who were potentially going to sign him at United. So he never... It never worked, obviously, he signed for United, but... Right, I'm just changing my opinion now. And it's now Tim Howard. I've what? seen the goals. I've highlight. I've, I've analysed the, the clips. I've okay. watched the tape. Okay. Brad Fields was a fucking tapping. And he went straight to him. Tapping, tapping merchant Brad Friedel, Tim Howard, at least respectfully. He's seen the wind like a pro golfer, mate. Yeah. Put it right into it. Bogdan, no chance. There you go. 
<clears throat> what I will say about Brad Friedel is, and again, this edges it. On, I was gonna say, I can't believe we're still talking on, about this. On, I'm sure Edson and Ebra were as a slug. He played 31 games against a prime Manchester United and he didn't even lose half of them. So you see, he has a brilliant record against a prime Manchester United. Right. There can't be many keepers around that time that had a, a, a positive net rec- record against Fergus United and he was one of them. Well, both keepers aren't gonna lose any, any error over it, are they, Stan? Definitely not. Too strong.